Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Corbell Starks, aka Who That Nigga, and welcome to the world of Corbell Starks. Now, as you already know, that I've been having some problems sleeping. I've been having problems sleeping since I just turned 40, and now I'm 42 years old, having a tough time sleeping. But that's not the case. The case is that last Friday night, which was last night, I was supposed to have an episode for you. But since I'm going to be doing like this podcast at 8 11 in the morning, that's right, it's 8 11 in the morning, and it's the 12th of November. And I'm not gonna lie to you, folks. My sleeping patterns has just become one of those moments where, you know, I just don't give a fuck anymore. I really don't. So, since it's 8 11 in the morning, and me, on the other hand, being the man that I am, I decided to give you some news. This because it's a podcast. It's the world of Gordon Starks. It's eight twelve in the morning right now. I'm gonna throw you a bone and do this the old fashioned way. So, without further ado, let's do this. <clears throat> Giselle Bungeon moves on after the divorce. After weeks of divorce from Tom Brady, 13 years of it, Brazilian supermodel Giselle Bungeon decided to move on and forget about problems and tensions. And more importantly, she should move on because, frankly, for a sexy woman who is Brazilian, and frankly, you should be moving on from a man who says, I will never retire. There's no retirement. Tom, you're a fucking moron, but more importantly, let's just move on from that. Escaping to Costa Rica for a few days, taking two of her kids, Benjamin and Vivian. The ex-couple share several properties. Coya Pensilia in Costa Rica, where she lives and likes the vacation. According to the sources, Bungeon will keep the property. Meanwhile, Brady keep the $17 million mansion they own in Indian Creek, Miami. Oh, Tom, how dare thee? What will you feel like when you're in that nice little mansion alone? Well, I wouldn't say alone, but more importantly, I put myself in that position to realize that Tom Brady has been married to this woman since the first day he stepped foot in a football field. And now, more importantly, he has to look in the mirror and say to himself, Giselle, Giselle, where are you? I missed your sexy body, even though it's getting old. I'm sorry for making that insult up. I mean, more importantly, it wouldn't make a difference to me. But more importantly, I would definitely tap Giselle Bungeon once or twice and spend time with the kids. But then again, I'm not Antonio Brown. So more importantly, you put yourself in that position. I would have known better if somebody like Tom Brady would add more rings to his collection. Well, except the fact that he has to take off his wedding ring, his engagement ring for another couple of Super Bowl rings for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, even though they're not the same team from that year when they won a championship. And Antonio Brown is not just a free agent. He's just free to being doing whatever the fuck he wants to do. But anyway, Jacques Vaughn named Nets head coach. Brooklyn Nets was supposed to name the named Ime Udoka, but due to scrutiny and controversy through his little bullshit stunt in the Boston Celtics and his suspension with the Boston Celtics, Jacques Vaughn was named the Nets head coach. Under Vaughn, they held opponents under 100 points for three games straight. Plus, the Nets navigate a saga around Kyrie Irving, who's been suspended for five games for stating he holds no anti-Semitic beliefs. 
Now, this is what we call a go-around, ladies and gentlemen, because all of a sudden they're going around Kyrie Irving's head in a circle. He said what he said. But unfortunately, it's kind of like the Kanye West situation. They're just trying to chop off his head. They're trying to chop off Kanye West's head because of what he said. I have no anti-Semitic beliefs. Not only are the Jews taking money out of the black man's pocket, but they're taking out the pocket for all the wrong reasons. Now... Be as it may, anti-Semitic slurs are probably the most dangerous thing in the world. Even if you are on a brand or on a company or on a logo, you are the face of this, you are the face of that. There's always going to be some people that will come and get you and they will chop your head off because of what you say. And nobody, and I do mean nobody, likes the truth. And you want to know why nobody likes the truth? Because if you're a corrupted person... In this world, and you think it to yourself, hey, it's a good idea to just, you know, frame this guy, frame that guy, frame this woman, frame that woman. But usually, when you see it to believe it, you are going to get yourself in a shitload of trouble, and it's going to hurt you in later runs. But all I'm saying is be careful what you say, because Kanye West, of all people, has been trying to, like, you know, open his hand out and slap people to wake up. I mean, after all, he's always talking about God loves me. God loves me. But what about everybody else? I mean, after all, getting removed from Adidas is one thing. But now, more importantly, you're going after, you know, certified people like Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley and all that. Talking bad about Meek Mills and P. Diddy. This man is trying to, I don't know, try to tell the truth or try to expose somebody. But as far as I'm concerned, exposing somebody will get you in trouble. But then again, like, no one can touch him. We'll see, Kanye. We'll see. <clears throat> Aaron Carter's fiance called the cops as she moves her things out the late singer's house. In case you haven't noticed, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, Aaron Carter, who died at the age of 34 in a bathtub in his own home, committed suicide. Now, that is the scary part. Aaron Carter's fiance, Melanie Martin, called the cops to keep the peace while she moved her things out of the late singer's house. Her painful move comes from just a few days after Carter died at the age of 34. His body was discovered in the bathtub. There was a video about uh, Aaron Carter was uh, talking about how, you know, Michael Jackson was innocent for... People will always want to take money from him because of like child molestation, you know, accusations. And it was, I think he was on DJ Vlad when he did it, but I don't watch DJ Vlad anymore because more importantly, who needs to listen to DJ Vlad when we got Charleston White talking shit about our, his own people? But other than that, I'm not even gonna like get into the Charleston White shit because this dude is not bringing any confidence. But black people on Instagram are saying, right on, brother, say this, brother, say that. No. It just makes it worse. We got too many black people talking from, from one side to the other. Now you want to listen to Charleston White saying that he it's okay to snitch? Okay. Bad enough the cops killed us. Now more importantly, you want to add on to this old motherfucker talking about snitching is cool? They heard news about Fetty Wap going to jail. All of a sudden he's saying, you should tell. You should, no, niggas should not tell. Niggas should not tell. Mentioning names, if you're a black person, to other black people, 
will get you killed every fucking time. But hey, that's Charleston White for you, ladies and gentlemen. That motherfucker lost his goddamn mind. That is who you have to deal with. And it's worse and worse every day, but, you know. Sheesh. Jane Kramer claims her ex-boyfriend wouldn't perform oral sex for years. He rarely went down on her. Kramer and Cousin dated in 2014 and got married in 2015. However, they hit a rough patch in 2016 when the former NFL player was caught cheating. He saw treatment for a sex addiction. The couple called it quits in 2021. The ex-athlete is not only the one, only one of Kramer's former lovers who was not a big fan of oral sex, noting that she had only done that with maybe one or two guys before her cousin. Now, let, let's just pop the brakes real quick. Whoever is not a fan of oral sex, you need to get their ass kicked on a daily basis. Because frankly, I, on the other hand, am a fan of oral sex. And I will go down on any woman if she has a boyfriend or not. And you want to know why? Because if he's not getting the job done or he doesn't want to do it because all of a sudden he's acting like a damn baby. Then, well, maybe he's just fucked up in the head. I, on the other hand, I take it upon myself to realize straight up and down that this right here. Oh, boy. Oral sex is the most important thing in the relationship. But due to the fact that dear old, whatever his name is. <sighs> you know, ladies and gentlemen, the world according to Starks. I'm not going to lie to you folks. This is a podcast of like some shit I hear. But more importantly, I don't spill tea like tranny-faced bitches like Wendy Williams. I'm just saying straight up and down. If you are not performing oral sex with your woman, which I know that you're not, we got ourselves a little bit of a problem here. Ladies, if your man is not going down on you, he's going out with somebody else, and he's got glaze all over his face, do yourself a favor. Change the locks while you still have a chance. Because let's be, let's face it. If he's not doing it well, he ain't doing it well. And that's the sad part about it. Oh, boy. He doesn't like oral sex. Must be gay. Must be a fag. But then again, I never met a person in his own life would tell me that he doesn't like oral sex. It's weird. It's sad, but more importantly, boom, using like oral sex. I must be slow in the head because I'd never heard anything like that before in my life, in my life. But now, ladies and gentlemen, since I'm still here, I got to do a little something, something um, in a way. It's movie time. It's the movies that I watch. It's the movie that you watch. And more importantly, like, I had to figure out if this would be the uh, opportunity. But uh, I picked a lot of movies. 
serious i picked a lot of movies that i of all people watch and i had to pick a movie that most some of us would watch but you know what movie would i of all people would pick i mean all of a sudden if it was a move on my you know on my part so without further ado I'm going to put in a drum roll and let you know that I'm going to pick a movie that you and I watched. I'm sorry for taking so long, ladies and gentlemen. I just woke up and frankly, I'm a little bit tired again. So, let's go. If you were born in the 80s, this movie was for you. The Breakfast Club is a 1985 American teen coming-of-age comedy drama film written and produced by the, and directed by the late John Hughes. It stars Emilio Estevez, Paul Gleason, Anthony Michael Hall, Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, and Ali Sheedy. The film tells the story of five teenagers from different high school cliques who, who serve a Saturday detention overseen by the authority and vice principal. Now, I saw The Breakfast Club, and frankly, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, release date was February 7th, 1985, Los Angeles. And yes, it was pretty much the greatest movie I've ever seen. Well, 1985. I was five years old at the time. Distributed by the Universal Pictures. The budget was about $1 million. The box office was $51.5 million. Like, you get a $1 million budget and all of a sudden the budget gets a little bit higher. But anyway, it doesn't make a difference to me. The Reference Club premiered in Los Angeles on February 7, 1985 and was theatrically released by Universal Pictures on February 15, 1985. It grossed $51.5 against a $1 million budget and earned acclaim for critics who consider it to be one of Hughes' most memorable and recognizable works. The media subsequently referred to the film's five main actors as members of a group called the Brat Pack and in 2015, the film was digitally remastered and rescreened in 430 theaters in celebration of its 30th anniversary. In 2016, The Breakfast Club was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Now, being as it may, I'm not going to speak about the... Uh, speak about the movie all that much but all you could say is is that you know on saturday march 24th 1984 five students at Shermer high school report at 7 a.m for an all-day detention nerdy brian johnson varsity wrestler andrew clark introverted outcast allison reynolds popular snob claire standish and rebellious delinquent john bender in voiceover the five are described respectively as a brain an athlete a basket case of princess and a criminal as you should they gathered in a school library where vice principal richard vernon instructs them to not talk move from their seats or sleep until they are released at 4 p.m he assigned them a thousand word essay in which each must describe who are you think you are he leaves returning only occasionally to check on and reprimand them now as i say ladies and gentlemen i love this movie the breakfast club very much but more importantly a 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. detention? 
That's like nine fucking hours. I usually wake up in the morning to go to work around like eight in the morning to leave at five thirty in the afternoon. But nine hours to just sit there and do nothing? Unbelievable. It makes perfect sense. Put some black kids in that situation, they ain't gonna last very long. They'll be playing music, rolling up weed, talk about how many bitches they've been fucking. I mean, that's the that's like a breakfast club right there. But don't bring the breakfast club into Paris and New Jersey because all of a sudden you're gonna get yourself killed. <clears throat> Vernon reads the essay in which Brian states that Vernon has already judged who they are using stereotypes, but each one of us is a brain and an athlete and a basket case and a princess and a criminal. Does that answer your question? He signs the essay with Sincerely Yours, The Breakfast Club. Please, ladies and gentlemen, I understand, but, you know, John Hughes produced this. He wrote it. He directed it. It's a very good movie. If you don't like have this movie if you don't have it on dvd do yourself a favor and just like get the dvd and watch it because all of a sudden like you got the brain athlete you know that kind of thing it's the breakfast club for god's sakes so anyway i'm corbello starks aka who that nigga and as you already know i'm going to be coming back with another episode because frankly i didn't do an episode friday so this is the morning episode of the world according to starks I'm going to have a late night episode of this podcast. So, if you're still asleep, no problem. If you're not, have breakfast. You'll be hearing me from again. Take it easy.